Hi, everybody. Welcome to the 100 Pounder special focus meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. Today is December the 14th, and I am absolutely delighted to welcome Alan Jay to our meeting. Alan lives in Kent in England, came to OA in 2007, and we can't wait to hear his experience, strength and hope. I'll hand it over to you, Alan. Take it away. Thank you so much, Rita, and everybody who gives service to the meeting. It's incredible to have this many people virtually in my spare room slash office. It's amazing. Just, I just love it. Wow. You know, the old me would have got so, so nervous when Rita asked me to do this months ago, but I just started to feel my heart pound just as the recording went live. You know what? I'm, this, I'm not a natural speaker. This is not me. This is the power of God being able to allow me to speak to 103 people. At my first meeting in that church basement room, somebody handed me the 12 steps and asked me to read it. I was shaking. You could hear it in my voice. Just crazy. And that's the thing, you know, the possibilities of recovery are endless, are, are completely endless. There's things that happen today or just in my recovery that I never thought either were an issue or that could possibly happen. And that's just a gift of recovery. So if you're not quite sure you want what we have, you know, what have you got to lose? So, yes, I am a relapse survivor and 100 pounder. Let's get the numbers out of the way. I've converted. So wherever you live, hopefully I've got your conversion here. So I work in old money as we say here in the UK. So today, you know, and this is not through dieting, this is not white knuckling, this is just just been released without kind of really worrying about it. Today, I've, I've released 12 stone. So in pounds, that's 168. And in kilos, if you're working kilos, that's 76. Now that is a whole person. That is a whole person. And to be honest, there is probably still a bit I could, my doctor would probably like me to do a little bit more. But I haven't probably weighed this since I was early teens, maybe kind of 11, 12, because I remember at that age, my stone, well, because we work in stones was always more than my age. And I remember secondary school, or even primary school, mum having to buy kind of men going to the menswear section, not just the kids, the men's section, because you couldn't get close to fit. And in the 90s, it was harder to find. But yeah, I'm not going to go into the whole, whole kind of eater log thing. I'm definitely a compulsive eater. I knew how to eat. You know, that weight loss proves that I knew how to eat. You know, dieting was never my thing. I couldn't ever do it long enough. And the times I did try the pain ways, if I lost a bit, it was a case of my head was like, well, hey, right, I've lost this amount. Right, I can I can eat now and, and make it up because it's OK. And it just all the insanity that goes with it. But I relate to with Bill and that disconnect from life, from people. And it just felt everything was a battle just with with people places things and everything you know being so alone even with with family with friends having to fake it put on the mask try and you know usually if I knew I had something coming up binge my head off before to enable me to cope in that situation manipulate people although I was a ball of rage and anger inside I was always trying to to kind of exude this kind of calmness and peace and that really wasn't me it was a complete act I managed to fool quite a lot of people doing it apparently because it wasn't how I felt in my head it was racing like a thousand miles an hour but I managed to manipulate people to always get my way you know with friends oh let, let's go to this restaurant because I know it was an all you can eat I know it was really cheap and I could go to town and it would be encouraged it was all about me and you know the funny thing is I didn't realize a lot of this until working through the steps particularly four and five I convinced myself so much that I was this really kind, loving person. You know, look at how much money I've spent on their, their Christmas presents. And, you know, how dare they not reciprocate that and stuff. But actually, it was all done through fear. 
because I was scared if I lost them, I'd have nobody. You know, even today, I don't have, you know, thousands of friends on my Facebook. It's very limited. Even the, the physical people I see and friends, they're, they're small in number, but it's quality and not quantity. So, yes, today, you know, those relationships are genuine. I don't have to fake things and, and think the next time I saw them, oh, my goodness, what did they tell me last time? I remember they were going through something, but I can't remember because guess what? I was just focused on the food, you know, annoyed at the situation, couldn't wait to get home and binge again. It's just all about the food. And I realise now how much of my life that food has stolen. You know, yes, it maimed my body, but it's all in my head. It's much, much worse. And that's the thing. My head can tell me things that are far, far worse than anything that could ever possibly happen to me in the real world. You know, how many opportunities I've missed. Relationships I've just cut off because they didn't do what I wanted. So I just cut them out of my life. And that was what I did. You know, my first relationships found out he was cheating on me that day gone. I'd moved my stuff out. I'd moved. That's it. Went through a friend to give his keys back, got my key back. That was it. And never spoke to him and saw him again. That was how I just cut people out. And that's what I did. But, you know, I'm not a bad person. I'm just a spiritually sick person. And that is how it works. So I was just thinking of some of just kind of just a few notes because my head's all over the place and I don't think logically that's just not how my brain works and you're gonna you're gonna get bits all over the place is how it is but I was listening to um a, an AA speaker the other day I knew he'd mentioned this but talks about kind of the the ego being the blockage for everything and I realized how true that is the ego the selfishness that separates me from God and others and from everything and Absolutely. I've learned that the hard way that the ego grows back. You know, I'm nothing special. There is nothing special about my story. If I can get this, anyone can get this. I thought I was one of those constitutionally incapable people that would never get this because it took a long time for it to begin to work. But there's lots of reasons why it didn't work. Ego being one of them. I cannot do this on my own. No man is an island as much as I'd love to be. That's just not how it works. It's hard to let people in. You know, it's scary. What if, what if, what if, but the worst case scenario, you know, I've created that myself. I've cut everybody out. I've got no one. I'm all alone. Well, how did that happen? Well, you, you let it happen. You kind of, it's my own thinking that got me into this mess. You know, it talks in the big book around uh, step four, you know, fancied or real, you know, they had the power to actually kill. And yeah, a lot of it was just in my head. It would never happen in real life, but my head told me that it was true. Therefore, I believed it was true and acted in that way. So I missed out on all of these things. So, yeah, I've realized through the relapses, every single relapse, I've had many various lengths of, of abstinence and then a relapse. Because there's more levels to surrender and I needed each one to, to chip through another layer to teach me something that I hadn't seen first time. And quite often thinking, oh, I've got it. Oh, it's OK, I've got it. You know, the most recent one, my home meeting of 10 years, that, that damp church basement closed. I'll be fine. I've been around 12 years. I'll be fine. I know what I'm doing. I've got the books. I've got the literature. It'll be cool. This was before kind of all this and all Zoom happened. I'll be fine. And guess what? Within two weeks, I was fully in the food again. I work for one of the UK major supermarkets. So cheap food is quite easy to come by. Not that cost would, would prohibit me. You know, I've stolen. I've cheated. I've all sorts to get food. I've slept with people to get food. That's, that's the kind of person I am. You know, I'm not ashamed to say that. That's what this illness does to me. 
I needed those relapses as hard as they were at the time. And I've spoken to other people in relapse. It seems even harder because I know there's a way out. I've had kind of glimpses or tastes of recovery. And yet I'm back in a room full of people feeling alone again, where this should be home. This should be safe. This, all these people have their same deep talk secret that I don't need to hide. But why can't I just get it? Because there was more I needed to learn. And I've realized that the steps are meant to be kind of taken and felt in my heart and not just in my head. You know, I could get a doctorate in recovery if there was such a thing at some university somewhere, but it still wouldn't save me. You know, self-knowledge is not the answer. Why I have this illness, it, it really doesn't matter. Although I don't believe anything in my childhood or my life has caused it. Things can exacerbate it, but nothing has caused it. So, yeah, it's all in the heart. And I think that's what I've definitely done before, taking the steps just theoretically. OK, yep, I understand that. I understand that, you know, and realise I don't. You know, every time I take somebody else through the steps and you, you see the changes in them and you think, wow, actually, I hadn't seen that. I didn't realise that. And it, it opens it up even more. Again, the possibilities are endless. It's a full learning process. And also I've learned that all emotions are valid. You know, we learn about the, the double-edged sword of this. You know, the good thing is you get your feelings, the bad thing is you get your feelings back. It's so true and, and still it's hard, you know, because I've spent, you know, I came in at age 19, all of those years of my life, I'm now 35, blocking every every single feeling thinking I was just blocking out the negative actually it blocks out everything even the happy moments were dulled and numbed out because it was just all in the food so yeah today all feelings are valid you know admitting that I was a little nervous you know I'm now fine but you know it's okay to have feelings guess what I'm human that's part of the joy of humanity and life is feelings and I can't just have the good because if good was constant it would just be normal so, yeah, you know, the, the roller coaster is not quite as high and low as it was, but those days still happen. You know, thank goodness I've got steps and tools. I managed to get rid of some step tens this morning for some people that had annoyed me. But again, that's just, again, my ego, my selfishness, because they're not following my script. I want them to do things my way. How dare they not respect all the time and effort I've put into helping? You know, it's all the selfishness. And when you spot it, you're like, oh, come on. Really? Here we go again. But it's a message I need to learn you know, many times repeatedly, again and again and again. And yet, as I said, I will never fully understand not just the steps, but God, higher power, whatever word you choose to use. But for me, I call God as a word that was very uncomfortable. I didn't like saying it. I didn't want God. I thought I'd shut that avenue off completely. But guess what? It's weird how it happens, you know. And for me, that journey has somehow come full circle. I'm not going to go too much into outside issues. I'll try and kind of skirt around without mentioning things. But I go to a certain place on a certain day of the week. It's a great building with lots of lovely people, like-minded people that we get we get to, to pray and meditate together. And there's a line that said, you know, great is the mystery of faith. And I can certainly relate to that. I can certainly relate to that. I never thought I'd be there. I never thought I'd be allowed into that place. But guess what? It happens. And it happens to be the place I went as a child as well. How crazy is that? And I'm welcomed. And I said, you know, a couple of years into program, you know, I feel I need to do more to connect to this God, this higher power thing. You know, I understand love, that power in the meeting. That's where it started, nature. And it kind of continues to evolve. And I still don't know what it is, even though I go to that place on a certain day of the week. I still don't know. I still do not know because it, it's kind of got for me, it's a fusion of aspects in the big book, the program and, and there and all sorts. But it works. 
it gives me such sense of peace and hope that I don't understand, but it works. And that's the thing. There's always more. You know, the relationship I have now is because of that last relapse took me lower. But, you know, I hope that there's more to come. And I know there is if I stay open to that. And I love I was introduced to the set aside prayer. I'm sure you can find it online somewhere if you don't if you're not familiar with it. Just that concept of being continuing to be open minded in, in everything, in all aspects, not just God. But I think I'll never understand God in this lifetime. And if I think I have understood everything, maybe it's not big enough. That's just my opinion on that. But yeah, weird. Whoever thought I'd end up that full circle, but amazing. Steps four and five is another thing, you know, realizing they're not scary. And I found it even harder in a way the most recently doing it than did the first time. First time it was kind of, I'm not really sure what I'm doing. I'm just kind of just out of rote okay tick done three okay let's do four okay five let's do this a little bit of fear some of the stuff you know my first sponsor was an older lady I was scared that in case you know it wasn't obvious on my campness that I'm I may not be hetero but you know I was really scared to to say some of the things but you know what she didn't kick me out of her house she still speaks to me it was amazing it's really not that scary again it's all the thinking in my head that holds me back but doing it coming out of her house was like wow actually I feel a bit lighter and I didn't do it perfectly. Guess what? There's always another chance to do it again and again and again. I don't think I've met a person in the rooms in the fellowship that's been around any length of time that says, oh yeah, I've only done a step five once and that was it. I've never had to do it again. There's always another go. You know, there is no perfect. Feel free to do it again. There's always more to learn. And yet, and some of the stuff, you know, that fourth column is the key, realizing that I'm not a bad person, as I said, it's, this is just how the illness manifests. This is what it does to me. It takes me hostage and takes over. And that's what it, that's what it did to me. And I was able to kind of separate that and just look at it constructively. Okay. That's what it was. I'm ready to take the action. Not, Oh my goodness, look what a bad person I am, which I did a little bit first time. Today, I realized that 10, 11 and 12, that maintenance, although it isn't really, is it? It's that continuous growth. If I'm doing those effectively, the tools, I will naturally use the tools. I don't focus on just the tools because I realize I can't recover just on the tools. I can't recover just on service because guess what? I've tried both and neither work. Both together, they still don't work. It's only the steps. And step 10s, I love step 10s. Oh my goodness, the freedom in a step 10, as I said earlier, spotting my selfishness because for me, I follow the instructions. I look for the selfishness, the dishonesty, the resentment and the fear. And for me, my sponsor, they're all connected. They're all just a different form of self. Thanks. They're all just a different form of self. So I, I can kind of almost go through it in a situation. I can feel I'm a little bit off. Okay. And I can see those things. I send them to my sponsor and done. Gone. Power's gone. Doesn't have to control me. And I heard in a podcast, I get to listen to quite a few podcasts on my job, kind of driving around London, doing what I do, that actually step 10s are an invitation to deepen that connection with my higher power. Okay, God, what do you need me to learn from this? It's quite often something I would say. There's a message here that my higher power wants me to learn, to see it as a positive. Actually, not, oh, come on, you should have this sorted by now. Actually, okay, God, I welcome you in. Help me learn from this situation. There's always more room for growth. So I see it as a positive and I love doing them. It's something I always hated. You know, oh my goodness, I've got to get the form out. I've got to do this. I've got to call this, do this. 
I love them today. And the reasons I've relapsed previously is stopping at step nine, doing a few step like men's step nines, thinking, oh, it's okay, it'll be fine. Step tens, you can you knew a couple early days and peter off. Oh no, it'll be fine. I don't need to do that. It's only a small one. It's only a small one. For me, I today I realize it's the smaller ones that catch me. They trip me up more than the big ones. You know, a big family death, you think that would be a big thing. That would send me back to the food. No, it didn't. But it's the small ones that how that one person annoys me. And it repeatedly comes up. They're the kind of things that are like magnets. Guess what? There's another resentment, another resentment. Before I know it, my head is swimming in resentments. And that still happens sometimes. It did a little bit this morning, but luckily I was able to spot that, let it go, get on a phone meeting. So great. I just love it. I just love the fact that we have all these different meetings now, wherever I am. And yeah, something I didn't realise, abstinence in itself is not recovery. Like, yes, I gave you my numbers at the beginning, and there's been times that that's fluctuated. And I was probably, I can't convert it at the moment, but probably about five stone up from where I am today in the rooms of OA thinking it's okay because I'm not back at my highest weight. Those figures are from my highest weight thinking, oh, it's fine, you know, because I'm not as bad as I was. There's still no recovery there because without God, without that spiritual component, even within the food, for me, kind of abstinence brings in that spiritual component too. It's just a diet. And I know diets just do not work for me. And this is, that's progressive as well. You know, what my early abstinence was at the beginning was just a gap between three massive binges. That was the best I could do at the time. And I honestly believed that that was, that was it. But actually working through the steps, okay, I realized that's causing issue. Okay, God, let that go. And today I just let God adapt my food plan. You know, I never thought I'd be weighing and measuring. My batteries went on my scales. I had to go to the shop to get a new battery for the scales. It was really weird. I never thought I'd be that person. You know, I thought that was just a bit bit too controlling for me. It's like, oh, no, no, I'm not doing that. But it just brings me some just a sense of ease. that Actually, that is honestly a genuine portion. It's really weird how things work. And it just keeps evolving, doesn't it? I love the word on um, page 129. And it, it talks about... Um, the, the top paragraph, father feels he struck something better than gold. For a time, he may try to hug the new treasure for himself. He may not at once see he has barely scratched a limitless load, which will pay dividends if only he minds it for the rest of his life and insists on giving away its entire product. I have to give this away to keep it. Sponsorship is highly inconvenient, but it's so worth the time and effort. You know, so worth the time and effort. A sponsor earlier cancelled the call again. Okay, yep, sent that step 10 off too, but you know, it is so, so worth it. It's not a one-way street. It's not about me being superior and telling you what to do. It's being open to that two-way process, getting to read this fantastic book through their eyes and seeing it in new life, a new life. And it continues to, to grow and evolve if I'm open again, open to that process. Allowing them to teach me things as well. Okay, I hadn't quite seen it in that way but that makes sense. There is no one straight path, unfortunately, in regards to the spiritual. It cannot be measured. Hence why I cannot compare my recovery to somebody else's. As much as there are times I've wanted somebody else's recovery because they've got this and they've got that. I'm only me. You know, everyone else is already taken. I can only be me. And yeah, that's hard sometimes when that selfishness, that ego creeps back in because it, it grow like a weed. You know, I love gardening. 
and there's certain weeds here in the UK. I don't know if you have vine weed where you are, but literally you can dig as deep as you can go deep to get that root out. And you think, yep, I've got it all. Guess what? Within a couple of weeks, there it is. There's a leaf. It's come back. That's just like the ego and the selfishness. It's never gone. It's never gone. You know, part of me before this, before the meeting in my prayers, you know, I could feel that ego coming in, wanting to have this fantastic share and have to all these calls and stuff from people afterwards. But again, I know I'm special. So if you're new and you think, I'm not sure this is going to work for me, I'm not quite sure of this God thing or the steps, they feel a bit weird. You know, what have you got to lose? If what you tried before was worked, then I wouldn't be here. But the, the gifts of program, you know, we'll read the step 10 promises at the end. There's so many promises. It's like 143 or something. I don't know. I'm not, see, I'm not a big book whiz. I'd love to be able to just quote things, verse and chapter like that. I'm not quite there yet. Maybe one day, but there's just so many wonderful things that happen, even at the beginning, just that feeling of hope. You know, even through my darkest relapses in the rooms, I always believe that this is the only answer because I know nothing will work. You know, I didn't have surgery. That was probably the last thing that I was probably going to try. And even today, all the excess skin that I have, I'm not going to get it removed. It's just part of my journey. You know, I wear the stretch marks and the loose skin with pride. It's just part of my story. You know, I'm never going to be on the cover of men's health, but I don't wish to be. It doesn't matter because that's really not important. So the real freedom is up here, is in my head. You know, being able to just be in a day, be in the moment, be with people and not get caught up about in a couple of weeks what's to come or that big day. Because this time of year was always a time where I'd literally, the food is in the shops from probably beginning of November. Oh, it's fine. It's coming. Let's just do it. It's only here once a year and going for it. And just not remembering the entire six weeks. For me, you know, I'm not just a double winner. You know, identify as an addict. There's other things I was, I would use. And it was another substance that got me into the rooms because that quickly took over very quick within six months. But I know there's more, you know think oh I'm not as bad as as that fellowship because I don't do that yet I don't inject things or snort things yet 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 there's always yet I'm sure if I found it if I tried something I would I would be there but luckily that hasn't crossed my path at the moment so always be vigilant but again the benefits far outweigh the inconveniences I'm sure anyone who's been around long enough knows what have I got to lose and that's the thing there's a big book duo that say, you know, we're the only people in the world that get to come out of a terminal illness better than when we came in. I came in, okay, 19, still a child, but mentally barely a three-year-old. So, you know, today I'm, well, if we're going from relapse two years old, mentally, emotionally. So I've still got a long way to go and I do, still do feel so new because there's so much coming at me all the time, new stuff to learn. So I feel like I've run to the end. I don't want to keep waffling on. Hopefully that's made sense. If it hasn't, you know, there are steps in on it. Thank you for letting me be of service. Thanks. Oh, Alan, thank you so much. And we want to give you a really, really big round of applause. That's wonderful. Thank you. I'm just going to read something from the big book. It says, most emphatically, we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems in the light of our experience can recover, provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. We find that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but these are indispensable. 
There is a principle which is bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That is, that principle is contempt prior to investigation. And that's in the back page of the spiritual experience. So I've only got my little book today because if I go on downstairs. Okay, that was wonderful. So thank you so much, guys.